0: Hi, I'm Patricia Grabaric,
1: And I'm Katina Sawyer, and welcome to the Worker Being Podcast. Today, Patricia has an article for us, so do you just want to quickly tell us, like, high-level what's going on?
0: Yeah, so we're going to talk about feeling respected at work um, and how that impacts how you feel at home, so whether you're able to relax when you get home. So we'll talk about the actual concepts later, but for now, love to hear a little bit how things are going for you.
1: Uh, things are going fine. I feel like I can't believe that, uh, you know, Christmas is going to be here in like whatever many days, 16 days. That <laughs> seems really weird, doesn't it?
0: It's so soon. I know. I'm like not I know. We're, we're, uh, posting this in January, so it'll be probably more than 16 days after Christmas. Yes, when this that's launches. true. Yes. Um, but which is even crazier though. We're going to be in 2020. I know it's
1: it's nuts. I feel like this whole winter is just like flying by and I Mm -hmm. just don't even know how to like handle, um, the speed. I feel like every single year I think it goes fast, but like this year just feels particularly fast to me. I don't know why that's true. Um, but I, I I do feel like it's just like flying by and I know you have some stuff going on. Some like, things that are like a lot of things that are happening to you um so you (laughs) probably feel like many things are like bundling together and running days are running into each other
0: all of the things are smushing together um well by the time that this airs i will be in a new apartment yes so that's interesting um and katina you will be almost out here for our LA event. I know.
1: I know. So, I'm very pumped. we've
0: got lots to do before that happens. I know. Um, but it's very exciting. So, I'll be in a new place. You'll have your own bedroom to stay in instead of just hanging out in our living room. So, that'll be nice. Um, and then, yeah, I uh, decided to not let Katina get all the fun and have crazy health things this year. <laughs> um, so, I was fabulously diagnosed with bell's palsy on friday um so it's monday for those of you listening yes so a few days ago um which i have a very mild form so that's good but for people that don't know it's basically a viral infection that uh, impacts your facial nerves so like one side of my face is not functioning properly and if you google it the pictures are terrifying and very scary and i'm very lucky that mine is not as extreme as a lot of other people's. So when I'm not smiling or making any kind of face, when of my face is at rest, I look the same. But when I smile, my one side just does not want to smile fully. And I've got yeah, it's crazy. Other, yeah, other issues there. So yeah, I'm dealing with that. Um, again, I feel really lucky because it's very mild. It should be clearing up in the next few weeks. And when they when you get bell's palsy you you know i went i was sent to the er because they check you for stroke so i also feel very grateful that it was nothing serious like that it's just yeah. a viral infection that i just have to take some drugs and then i'll be good yes so yeah but it's very rare so yeah, i just wanted to like one up katina that's all super it's <laughs> like
1: super insane and i'm really really glad that you're generally okay although it is like just super random and so um it always it does make you like pause and I think like be thankful for general health like whenever something like this happens it's like okay this is bad but it's manageable like if you think about like you know just being thinking about it from like a broader perspective like it makes you really like grateful for the things that you can do you know what I mean like I felt that Mm -hmm. way too it's like it's a good reminder that our health is something to take care of
0: Yes, definitely. And I mean, here with worker being we talk about stress all the time. And I feel like I don't actually have any real science behind this. So please don't quote me. I did some research into Bell's palsy. And there's so many question marks as to what the causes are and, you know, how it happens. And I think that and one of the things and one of the theories is stress related. And with everything trying to figure out where we're going to live and moving and holidays coming up and like a thousand things happening at once I do feel like my stress levels have been higher than normal so it's almost like an extra reminder like hey you talk about workplace wellness how about you calm yourself down a right little bit and yeah. focus on that too <laughs> um, yes. so I am taking that as a friendly reminder that into 2020 you know I'll be settled into a new place so I won't have to make that decision and I need to just focus on not getting overwhelmed. Because, I, yeah. you know, sometimes there's a lot of stuff going on. I feel like I, I can deal with anxiety issues and I need to just manage it better. And yeah, yeah. So there's my reminder. Yeah. I think it's always whenever
1: you experience
0: something that's a little out of the
1: ordinary, it can be a little jolt to be like, OK, why am I being asked to pay attention to this by some force of the universe? Right. Like, why is this sort of Putting me in this position and I am thinking about things a little bit differently. Is there a reason for that? And I think that even though it's uh, probably problematic that it takes such a big jolt for like us to pay attention to these things, sometimes it's important to sort of think like, okay, what am I learning from this? Because you don't want to learn the same lesson twice. (laughs)
0: exactly yep I agree and I just always find it ironic you know when we talk about this all the time and yet obviously we're not perfect yeah no it's definitely a struggle or stress yeah yeah and it honestly it comes down to like everything that we talk about on the show everything that we talk about on our website you know we know there's so many things that can stress you out and can create stress in your life and there's only so much you can control too so like part of me is thinking well I could have done a better job of you know de-stressing from all the stuff going on with the move and everything like that. But at the same time, like, I can't control the fact that we, the lease was up at the time that it was. And, you know, all these things are happening at work. So it's kind of like taking a step back and thinking, you know, there's only so much you can do to actually help yourself and prevent these kinds of stress situations. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's really good if we can set ourselves up as much as possible, you know, get ourselves in the right work environment, try to make everything as good as we can. But there's going to be times where no matter how hard you try, it's not going to work out. It's not going to be perfect. Yeah. So it's also like a reminder to like not be hard on yourself, like to let go that it's okay. Like, yes, I was stressed out. I had all these things going on and it's normal to be stressed out. And I couldn't control all those factors that were stressing me out. I couldn't change them at the moment. So, well, let go and move on and do better next time. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's right. And I think it's good to
1: recognize that it's a constant struggle to be like, okay, you know, I'm overloaded. Like, what am I learning from the fact that I overloaded myself or like I'm feeling overwhelmed? Like, what is it about the situation that's overwhelming me? Um, How can I learn from this? So it's always like learning, moving forward. And definitely since we started doing this, even though we've both been like passionate about it, I've been much more thoughtful about my own wellness, but at the same time, you know, it's a struggle every day. Like the world doesn't want you to be well. Like we have a lot of, we have a lot of pulls and demands on our time and, um, stressors. And there's just a lot of stuff that, you know, our lives are hectic and there's not a lot of way to avoid that, um, in many instances. So it's like, how do you manage it? Um, so yeah, I'm glad that I'm glad that you're generally, uh, doing well, even though it's not uh, the ideal time and you'll be moving soon and hopefully you'll be completely better by then. Um, but I am glad that you're, I'm glad that you're okay. And um, just as with everything else, we learn from it and move forward.
0: Yep. I agree. And hopefully all of our listeners can learn from my experience and not get to the point where they get Bell's palsy, but yes. <laughs> can actually, you know, take notice of those stressors if they're feeling them right now so that's my hope for everybody out there is to take a moment and reflect on how you're feeling and how stressed you are and if there's anything you can change maybe you can't and you just have to work through it but maybe you can and you can avoid any potential health complications but again I don't know 100% that's what caused it because technically we don't know um but I have a feeling it just seems the timing seems a little suspicious to me Yes. Yeah,
1: that is very interesting. Well, it's good to pay attention to. And speaking of uh, stress or experiencing stress and how it impacts your wellness, I feel that your article actually directly speaks to this topic.
0: It does. It does. So I'm going to tell you, let me just tell you what the article is called first, and then we can talk about what it means. Lovely. The article is called Shifts in Variability in Daily Interpersonal Justice Are Associated with Psychological Detachment and Affect affect at home Hmm. and it's written so long title (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but it's a newbie so it's written by wang ford wang and jin and it was published in 2019 actually this month so december um when we're recording this in the journal of vocational behavior so new article which as you know we love to do that it's always fun um to get right in on the new research and there's a lot of jargon in the title as to what on earth they're talking about yes so just to kind of summarize it's really talking about how employees um feel in terms of being treated with respect and dignity so if and then how that impacts their their work life or their home life as well Mm -hmm. so interpersonal justice means you know how a worker is treated so it's the extent to which an employee is treated with dignity and respect at work and what it's been found, like, well, there's a lot of research on justice. So if you're interested in the justice literature, you know, we can link to some things like there's four different types of justice in the workplace. It's, it's a very um, robust area of research where there's a lot, you know, looking at in terms of how people perform on the job or how they feel on the job or how that impacts their wellness. Like, as you can imagine, things around justice tend mm-hmm. to impact all of those things. And with interpersonal justice, it's kind of a funny term. I think it's a funny term because you think it's about fairness and it kind of is, but it's also really about being treated with respect. So mm-hmm. it's not just about being treated fairly, but really about that respect and that dignity that you are a valuable human being. hmm. Yeah. So it's
1: like. When we think about other forms of justice, like just so people listening know, like there's like procedural justice, like are things being done fairly? There's like, like is the process fair? Um, there's like distributive justice. Do I feel like I'm getting what I need to be getting out of the situation? And then there's like a deontic justice, right? Which is like, do I feel that things are morally upright and, um, And then interpersonal justice, which is like, do I feel that people are treated well around here? And well is like broadly defined. So there are like Mm -hmm. lots of different ways of, of experiencing justice. But this one is really about like the day-to-day interactions that you have with other people which I think is interesting because it's almost harder to make changes in those kinds of behaviors than it is like oh this system isn't fair so let's change the system or like oh people aren't being paid what they think they should get paid so let's give them a raise like the interpersonal interactions seem to be harder to change Mm -hmm. because it's more ambiguous like exactly what's going on
0: I totally agree it's a lot harder and it has a lot to do with like all this has to do with perception right so how does the employee feel how does the employee judge a situation so with interpersonal justice it's really about how an employee judges their interaction with authority figures at work Mm -hmm. so how are they interacting with their leaders their boss um, and how do they feel that those people are treating them yeah so it really does have a lot to do Um, at least the way they were measuring in this study had a lot to do with the supervisor. And that's really the way generally is measured, but has to do with your individual supervisor or some sort of leader um, and how they're treating you. Because obviously they have a lot of impact on the employee's experience and their situation. So it has to do with that. And overall this feeling like you're being treated with respect and dignity is related to a lot of really good things. So there's a lot of research out there before this study was done that showed that it's related to things like job satisfaction, people that are being treated with respect are more committed to their organizations, they're performing better, they're helping others at work, they trust their supervisors, and it also is related to health problems too. So if they're not getting that respect, then they tend to be a little bit more unhealthy in terms of what they do and their behaviors like maybe eating habits things like that mm-hmm. they tend to burn out more have more stress um are less likely to come to work because they're sick or something like that so there's some sort of absences so there's a lot of negatives we don't have it from the health perspective mm-hmm. on the flip side if you do have that respect then you're going to be feeling less stress, less burnout etc
1: yeah and i think that you know based on a lot of the other stuff that we've talked about In our podcast and on the blog, like it makes a lot of sense that if you feel mistreated, you're going to be worse off than if you feel treated well um, from a well-being perspective. So I think that's all like very logical.
0: Yep, exactly. So this study specifically, what they did differently than other people have done in the past is they wanted to look at how does this interpersonal justice work on a day-to-day basis? So they want to look at the two things. They want to look at daily shift, which daily shift means how much does it change from day to day? Mm -hmm. So if you're looking from day one to day two, is day two a better day? Are you feeling more respected or a worse day? Are you feeling less respected? Mm -hmm. Um, So looking at those changes from day to day to see how that impacts that your evening after day two. And then they also looked at what they called variability, which as you can imagine, looks at just overall, how does justice look on average across, or how much does it vary across a period of time? So it was a daily diary study. So we've talked about those before where they had employees or, you know, responding to surveys and questions um, each day, multiple times a day. And it was 10 days they looked at these people. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of where that variability comes from is over those 10 days, did did somebody see a lot of spikes? Like... One day they were super respected and the supervisor was really kind to them. The next day their supervisor was demeaning to them. Then the next day they were very respectful. So these kind of big jumps or do they have kind of a more stable experience where the supervisor kind of treats them the same way consistently over those 10 days? Mm -hmm. Um, And you can imagine that that variability probably creates a lot of uncertainty if you have a lot of variability.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's, you know a lot of uh, negativity and being consistently treated poorly. But like even the literature on like uh, abusive relationships and things like that and abusive supervisory relationships as well shows that sometimes the back and forth relationships are the worst um, Mm -hmm. because you don't know where you stand and you spend a lot of time worrying and wondering about it.
0: Yep, exactly. And that's Pretty much what they found here. So Hmm. I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the results. So they were looking at that daily shift and the variability. And they were looking at two different things, two different um, outcomes. So one of them was psychological detachment. So that is when you can disengage from thinking about your work at home or when you're off of work. Um, So we've talked about this a lot before, like when you take a vacation or in the evenings, like when you're able to just stop thinking about work and do something totally different. So that's one. And then they also looked at affect, which is basically their emotions. And they looked at a couple different things. They looked at some positive emotions that are really representative of being relaxed at work, at home. And then some negative emotions that are like sadness and being downhearted, feeling blue, those types of things. So what did they find? They found that... If you're dated, so if we're going to start with a daily shift. So again, this is when you go from day one to day two and you see a change, either up or down. If you see the change up, so let's say yesterday you were treated fine, but today you really were treated with a lot of respect. Then that makes you detach at home. Okay. That after day two, I'm going to go home and I'm going to feel good. I'm going to be able to like relax, not have to think about work, et cetera, because I had a really good experience and it was actually better than the first day. Hmm. If I had the opposite experience, so let's say I the day one of the study, I go in, I'm treated pretty well. Day two, my supervisor does something to disrespect me. Then when I go home, I can't detach. So mm-hmm. I'm not able to stop thinking about work. Mm-hmm. And this kind of gets back to what you were saying, Katina, about like the rumination piece, right? So you're yeah. worrying. You're sitting there thinking over and over again, like, well, why did that happen? What's going on? And you can't like get over it. So that kind of drop is obviously negative.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So um, as they're measuring it over the course of days, and maybe this is what you're going to say, like if I have a bad day, but then a good day, then I'm sort of relieved. But if I have a good day and then a bad day, that's bad. But then what if I have a good day after the bad day, that was day two, do I feel better again, but then feel worse again on day four? Like, is it like a repeating pattern kind of?
0: Yeah. So what they're seeing is that kind of repeating pattern, right? From day to day, you might have these shifts, but depending on on how your days went. So yes. So if you went from a great day to a bad day again, and that after that bad day, you're not going to feel so good. Right. Um, Right. And then the next day is good. Then you're going to feel better. But I think the most interesting thing to me, like in terms of like a long term result is that variability piece because yes day to day it makes sense right you have a bad day you're not you're not going to detach as easily you have a good day you can relax but that variability piece is really interesting because the difference lies here with if you have constant change. Mm -hmm. So if you're flip-flopping as much as you said, Katina, then that is actually way worse. So if you go up and down every once in a while, you'll see those changes. But if generally speaking, you're treated the same way,
1: Mm -hmm. you're kind of
0: fine. But if you see that big variability where you're seeing those flip-flops constantly, then you have like a chronic level of inability to to detach. Mm -hmm. So if you see that Jump around so much Then you never can Really relax at home You're constantly worrying Gotcha
1: Yeah And that makes some sense Because it's like It's almost like If you know what to expect Like it's consistently bad Or it's consistently good You can sort of Build an expectation But if Mm -hmm. you're In this constant state Of like limbo I don't know how This person feels about me It provokes a lot more thought um, And a lot more like Need to process What's going on? You know,
0: exactly. That's exactly true. So, what you're really seeing is that from an, as an employee, if you see if you can't predict how your supervisor or leaders are going to treat you, then you're going to have a hard time detaching. And then if you have a hard time detaching from work, then you're going to feel more of those negative emotions that I talked about, being really sad. People reported feeling blue, downhearted, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um. However, if you have less of that variability, so you know what's going to happen, you know they're going to either treat you poorly or be super respectful, then you're more likely to be able to let it go. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: over time, you can detach, you can relax when you get home, and then you're going to feel more of those positive things, like being calm and at ease in the evening. So even though, like you were saying, even if it was not necessarily a positive experience, like maybe they're still not treating you that well, you know what to expect, so you don't have to think about it.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. uh, Because, you know, if you have somebody that you know, who just like generally stinks, right? Like, it's just like, I know that every time I interact with this person there, it's going to be a negative interaction. That gives me at least an anchor point to say, well, you know, I just can brace myself for this. But if there's no, like, bracing, like, you just don't know what you're going to get, that's confusing. And that confusion is probably, like, something that requires a lot more, like, cognitive energy and time thinking about it. So you're less likely to be able to, you know, rest or settle because your mind keeps working over, like, well, what is going on here? Like, this is just a confusing relationship Mm -hmm.
0: then. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, really, the big takeaways with all this is that... Well, one, if you're in a very confusing situation, you know, I have some ideas for employees, but really this is mostly focused to like what leaders should be doing Mm because it's not on the employee in this case, right? Right. If you're being treated poorly, like, you know, you can go and talk to HR, try to do those types of things, but that's not cool. Like you should, you deserve better than that. You should not be treated that way. So if you're able to leave the situation, that's probably your best bet because, even if you talk to HR, let's be real, we all know that that's not necessarily going to change that person's behavior overnight. So you need to think about how you can maybe change your situation if you're in a very confusing environment like that. Um, the other thing is, you know, we've talked about different ways that you can try to disconnect at night. So if you can't get out of that situation and you're still there, then think about different ways where you that you can detach yourself like actively do stuff to try not to worry so much at night so things like mindfulness um, I'll I'll link to some other articles that we have wrote about um, disconnecting in the evening like spending time with friends is a good one things like that Mm -hmm. so you know trying to think of ways to get yourself to remove from that situation is helpful yeah but I think the biggest takeaway here is for the leaders like don't be jerks. And if you are, at least be consistently a jerk. Right.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like, um, I think that part of, I mean, I think a, a takeaway from it is part of what people do when they're trying to manipulate another person or if they're, you know, trying to, um, show control over another person is to, sort of do this back and forth behavior because people like recognize that it's confusing or destabilizes people um and so really like doing some inner soul searching of yourself I think could be helpful of like if you do feel that you're displaying this inconsistent pattern of like some days I'm probably really, really difficult to deal with and other days I'm probably really pleasant to deal with instead of just being like, well, that's me and I hope that the good days like make up for the bad days, which might be a way that people are thinking about that, right? Like, well, I'm not bad all the time. Well, actually, mm-hmm. that's kind of worse. So it's not that the good days make up for the bad days. It's actually like the opposite, right? Like that it's, mm-hmm. it's actually exacerbating it. So if you're in this pattern where you feel like, you know, you're out of control sometimes or you're not, uh, you know, sometimes you're berating people and you're not behaving appropriately, but you know, oh, well, some of the time I'm okay. Like that's not acceptable. So I think that also recognizing that that is the case is really important because um, I think sometimes people might either, uh, if they're not doing it intentionally, because I know that people do sometimes do this intentionally, so hopefully that's nobody listening. But if you're not doing this intentionally, I think that oftentimes like the, general wisdom would be like well you know if you're bad today you can make up for it tomorrow and like that's actually worse
0: yeah or just make up for it forever now on (laughs) like right right you know yeah you can't do that constant flip-flopping and I think that kind of leads to what organizations can do to help too so most companies have some sort of policy in terms of appropriate behavior um to each other treating people with respect blah 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 but it's easy, I think, to fall into the situation where you see that one of your leaders, let's say, is sometimes yelling at their staff or their employees, and then the next day, though, rewarding them for something. Right? Mm-hmm. So you might also be as an outside leader, right? Whether you're from the organization or you're outside of that group and you're watching it, you might do the same thing that you were just talking about, kind of fall into that trap. Well, you know, maybe that person deserved it at that moment, but. Look, they do recognize people too. So they clearly are, Mm -hmm. you know, there's some good there. But organizations need to recognize that's not the case, right? Like, the yelling should be the absolute worst case scenario, right? Treating Mm -hmm. people without respect should be the, it should never happen, period. And if there's a punishment that needs to be, when I say punishment, that sounds too childish too, but like some sort of conversation around bad performance or, poor behavior or whatever that looks like needs to be handled in a much more professional way Mm -hmm. than um, being disrespectful to the person. Like, I think those things are very different. Like, you can do that. You can handle negative situations with your employees with respect and dignity. That's the whole point here. It's not like you have to be positive to your employees every five seconds. You can't ever say anything bad. It's about treating them respectfully and with that dignity. So you're not just kind of diminishing their value because they made a mistake or because there's a performance issue. Like maybe somebody's not a good performer and they've shown you time and time again, they're not a good performer and maybe you're going to have to let them go or whatever that looks like. Right. When you put them on a performance plan, you don't have to be mean about it. You could still do it in a very respectful way. And so that's, I think the point is that respect that treating the other person as an equal of yours, even when there's issues and concerns. So it's not just being always positive, but it's that consistent respect for people and for others around you so that people can then feel comfortable that at least they're going to be treated like people in the situation. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that makes perfect sense.
1: Um, Yeah. And I think just a general, you know, awareness of um, your behavior is always a good thing. So if not for anything else, I think this article helps people to think more clearly about what their patterns are um, and not just like, was it a good day or a bad day? But like, what is the pattern of behavior that I'm inflicting on other people too?
0: Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, you know, I think companies do provide leadership trainings very often and they could do something to include these types of conversations. So leaders need to know, like you said, it'd be good if you're a manager, supervisor, or a leader of some sort, like, Think about the way you act and make sure you're being consistent with that. And if you're in HR, if you're in a learning and development team and you're able to implement something into leadership trainings, like this is one of the great things to do it. Just do it right up front, like new manager trainings. Most companies have something like that. So whatever that new manager is going into, they need to start thinking about the consistency in their behavior right off the bat. Right. So I think that there's things that can be implemented in training or if you're giving coaches to leaders, that could be something to talk about. Mm -hmm. You could... um. If you're doing like a 360 evaluation to determine, you know, how a leader is performing and asking their, their team, you know, you can ask questions about that too. So I think that there's a lot of things you can do to think about how consistent people's behaviors are, um, so that you can address it if you're seeing these wild fluctuations, because you don't want your employees to go home and not be able to stop thinking about work because then they're just going to burn out. And what good is that for anybody? Right. Totally. Yeah. That makes
1: perfect sense. Um, I'm glad that you gave us this reminder uh, that it's not just about what happens inside of work. It's what people keep thinking about outside of work and that it's not just about, you know, sort of, well, on the balance, I was good. Um, Actually, (laughs) uh, if you're back and forth and inconsistent in your behavior, it can have a really negative impact on your employees.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely. Well, I'm glad to be a reminder for a million different things, (laughs) whether it's this article and being consistent in your behavior or taking a moment to think about your current stress levels so you don't do, you know, end up in a bad situation like I have. Yes, Um, Take a moment, think about how you act, how you treat people and how stressed you are and figure out how you can uh, adjust if either of those, any of those things are not aligned properly.
1: Yeah. If your stress or the stress you're causing others are out of whack, uh, try and get them in whack. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Definitely get them in whack. Get them in whack. The best advice. That's Marina. it. Yes. Get them in whack.
1: <laughs> I'm very well-spoken. It's, it's <laughs> remarkable. Um, uh, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you talking about this article and, um, yeah. I learned a lot. I hope everyone else did too. And, um, yeah, I hope that everyone has a wonderful week.
0: Yes, thank you for listening. And um, so just as a reminder, like we're going to be seeing some of you, hopefully, at the Arts District Brewery um, this weekend on January 26th. I can't tell you how many tickets are left because it is, we're recording this in December, but... I'll put a link to the event just in case there's something available. So go check it out. Um, And if you want to know more about any other events in the future, like our retreat or any other meetups that we end up doing, sign up for our email list, which I'll also link to in the show notes. Um, But thank you so much for listening. If you want to reach out to us, we'd love to hear from you always. You can email us at workerbeing at gmail.com. You can find us on our website, workerbeing.com. And find us on social, on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, at WorkerBeing. Thanks for listening. The Worker Being podcast is hosted by us, Patricia Grabar and Katina Sawyer, and produced by Allie Johnson.